Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. E-S-N-Y. What up? How are we doing? Victory Monday here on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Finally, the first victory of the 2021 season for the New York Giants. I'm glad they proved me wrong. They proved me wrong. I said on the preview for the Giants-Saints Week 4 game, the last episode that we recorded of the Wide Right Podcast, episode 86, that I didn't think the Giants were going to pull that one off. I said on the best bets episode, I, I, I was going to tell you to bet the Giants. And then I said on the preview episode, I don't think they have what it takes to notch this victory against the superior Saints squad. But hey, they got it done. And they proved me wrong. And as always, welcome back to episode to Wide Right Podcast. It's episode 87. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. What a game. What a football game. It's glad we can talk about something good today, something positive. Obviously, the world is kind of in shambles right now because of the whole Facebook thing and Instagram and like everyone's freaking out. Obviously, Twitter's still up. Now, that's where I go for everything. It's like basically the only social media I have anymore. That's where I go. So Twitter's good to go. Twitter's working. So that's fine with me. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, down. People, Some people are saying it's gone. I don't know. But amid all that, we do have something positive to talk about. And that's this win on Sunday. And I want to start off by saying this. I, and I tweeted this after the win. You can go check it out. At Ryan Honey ESNY. I can't say enough about what Daniel Jones has done this year. Now, he entered a big year, and it's still a big year. We know this. It's only four games in. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying like, oh, he's already put together an MVP season. No. Or even a Pro Bowl season. No. What Daniel Jones has done this year has been fantastic for this team, despite the fact that they've started off 1-3. and He is nowhere near the problem. Daniel Jones is not the problem whatsoever. He entered this year the biggest year of his career to date. All these weapons. Saquon Barkley returning. Second year of the uh, of the uh, same offensive system and same coaching staff for the first time in his, in his NFL career. They needed to see if he was going to be the long-term answer at the quarterback position. He needed to put together a big year. And thus far, he's done that. And it continued on Sunday. Daniel Jones, 402 yards through the air, career high. 
one or two touchdowns. We don't even know. Pro Football Reference says two touchdowns. Of course, the questionable the questionable touchdown was the one to John Ross. They said he fumbled and then they recovered it in the end zone. So it's a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I think just give the touchdown to Daniel Jones, please. But regardless, 402 yards, career high. We'll say two touchdowns, one interception. Obviously, the interception was the Hail Mary to the end zone at the end of the first half. So, you know, you need context for that statistic. But I can't say enough about what he's been able to do. With the injuries that they've dealt with on the offensive line and in the receiving corps, Shepard and Darius Slayton didn't play. Uh, Evan Engram didn't play the first two games. Kyle Rudolph hasn't exactly been a huge factor. Kadarius Toney hasn't been a huge factor until Sunday's win. And he has stepped up. And he has remained poised in the pocket. And he has looked the part. He has looked like a professional quarterback through four weeks. He's not really turning the ball over. He's not fumbling. I know he lost a fumble in the uh, the week one loss to uh, Denver. But since then, hasn't lost a fumble. Obviously, the one pick yesterday, that's justified because it was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. It's not like he made a bad decision. I mean, he had to throw it up there. He has remained poised in the pocket. He's remained careful with the football. He's making the right decisions with the football. He's using his legs when he needs to. He's making plays, and he's playing his ass off every week. I mean, Daniel Jones is playing out of his mind. I can't say enough about what he's done through the first month or so of the season. He needed a big game against New Orleans. He answers, 402 yards, two touchdowns. Led the final drive of regula- led the drive late in regulation to tie the game. Graham Gano obviously a 48-yarder to tie the game at 21 and then they led the uh, he led the uh, game-winning drive in overtime after the greatest coin toss reaction ever from Jabril Peppers. I mean, the icing on the cake was the fact that he was screaming right next to the official's uh, microphone. So everybody in the Superdome heard it. Everybody on TV heard it. Everyone on Twitter has seen it because it's gone viral. Because why wouldn't it go viral? It's an awesome video. But regardless, Daniel Jones leads to two drives one at the end of regulation to tie it, the one in overtime to win it. Obviously, Saquon Barkley with the game-winning touchdown run in overtime. Daniel Jones has been great. He is not the problem. Okay, The offensive line was great yesterday too, but you could argue they were the problem through the first three games. You could argue Jason Garrett was the problem through the first three games. You could argue that the defense played a role in those losses. But you can't say that Daniel Jones has been any sort of problem. Because he has not whatsoever. I can't say enough. I'm so I've I am so I came into this year. I'm I'm always I'm always been you know up and down about Daniel Jones. Yeah, he had, obviously the rookie year was promising. Last year wasn't. So I really didn't know what to feel coming into this season about whether he was the going to be the long term answer at the quarterback position. It was always a, it was always like if somebody asked me if I thought he was the guy. I would respond, you know, it depends on the day. Because it really did. But man, through four weeks, I am so impressed with what he's been able to do. He's got, he's making the right decisions with the ball. He's got a massive arm. They got to let him throw deep. They got Jason Garrett has to, they, he's got he's to let Jones throw the ball downfield. I mean, he's got a massive arm. And I he, he has that nickname for a reason. I know Danny Dimes kind of makes my skin crawl. It's a little... 
a little cringeworthy for me. It always has been, but he, he there's a reason why he has that nickname. He's a great deep ball thrower. Jason Garrett just has to let him do that, has to let him utilize that strength and exercise that strength. Let him throw deep. He can do it. We've seen it in pretty much every game this year. We saw it in the first game with... um. He had a deep ball to Slayton, had the deep ball touchdown to Slayton against the Washington football team, hit C.J. Borden a deep ball against Atlanta, obviously the deep ball to John Ross against the Saints. John Ross did with a uh, touchdown in his first game back from IR, first game as a giant. And he's got the weapons. He's got the, he's, he's got the over-the-top weapons to perfect the deep ball with. Obviously, John Ross is the fastest football player ever. I mean, he had a 4-2-2-40. He's got the he's literally has the 40-yard dash record. 4-2-2. Look it up. I know you probably already know that, but if you didn't, look it up. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Kadarius Tony, also a speedster. You know, Darius Slayton obviously could be an over-the-top weapon when he's healthy. He's got the guys to throw over the top with. Jason Garrett's just got to put him in a better spot to do so. Jones, I mean. Garrett has got to put Jones in a position where he could throw the ball deep numerous times per game. Because, man, it's a pretty ball. It really is. I mean, that throw to John Ross, the deep ball, was, that was in double coverage, over the top, and he placed it right in the breadbasket of Ross, right in between the two defenders, which eventually obviously led to the touchdown. It was beautiful. I couldn't stop watching it at halftime on Twitter. They had the, obviously, the video was up on Twitter and I just couldn't, I couldn't stop looking at it at halftime. Just kept playing over and over. It's, it was such a pretty ball. He throws a great deep ball. That's basically, that's, that's the bottom line. So let him do that. And also, I said on the preview, when I said what Jason Garrett has to do, I said he has to pull out all the stops, and I said he has to utilize Kadarius Tony. Boy, did he do the latter. Kadarius Tony finally came alive. It was targeted five times through three weeks. And then in game number four, six catches for 78 yards. Tied for the most number of catches on this Giants team. Kenny Galladay also had six receptions for 116 yards. Kadarius was a crucial factor on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I've said it. You got to get the ball in his hand. You got to get him in space. From there, it's a must-see. Because the speed, the athleticism, the elusiveness comes alive. It really does. Once you get the ball in this kid's hands, on a slant route or whatever it is, get him in space, he'll make plays. He doesn't go down. I mean, we saw it on that one play in the slant route. Caught the slant and he couldn't go down. Kid is always moving his feet. Has great vision. Knows where the defenders are. Always making guys miss. That's why they drafted him. Because of his playmaking abilities. And his speed and an elusiveness. That he can maximize. Jason Garrett needed to get the ball in Kadarius Tony's hands. And get him in space. And that's what he did. So maybe credit me for bringing that up. 150 times over the last couple weeks. <laughs> but regardless. Kadarius Tony finally showed why he was a first round draft pick. Took the Giants four weeks to realize this and utilize him like a first round draft pick, but I guess better late than never. So and he and you got and you 
you got to start to think like, you know, how, when Shepard and Slayton are healthy, how often is Slayton going to be in the game? Because it's clear Shepard is the more talented receiver than Slayton, at least in my opinion. And, you, you know, obviously Galladay is their number one. So you figure have Galladay, Tony, Shepard, John Ross will be in the mix. I think he made a case for why he should be yesterday, obviously. So how, how much is Slayton going to play when he comes back? Who knows? But regardless, Tony made a huge case for himself as far as playing time is concerned, moving forward. Kid moves his feet, man. Kid doesn't go down. Makes guys miss. That's what they needed. They needed a receiver like that. An, an Odell Beckham type of receiver. Who once the ball gets in his hands and once he's in space, it's lights out. That's what Tony is and that's what Tony has the capability of being for this team moving forward. As far as the defense is concerned, look, I've gotten on the defense's case a little bit this year, mostly because I'm sick and tired of them giving up scores in the final two minutes of a half, which they did again in the first half of this game. They let up a touchdown, I think with what, 23 seconds to go in the second quarter? So they did it again for the, what, third straight game? I think, I, I forget if they allowed one against the Broncos week one. I think they did. So I think it's every game this far in um, in this season. Because we know they gave up the game-winning field goal against Washington and Atlanta. So those are two right there. Gave up a touchdown at the end of the first half against New Orleans. There's three. I think I get the end of the first half against Denver, they let up a score. I could be wrong. But if that's the case, and it's four consecutive games to start the year, they've done that. And they had problems with it all last year, too. The Giants defense did. Um, so that ha- that happened. They gave up the, the uh, touchdown at the end of the second quarter. But, hey, look. They did what they needed to do. They made the big stop in the fourth quarter. That gave the Giants the ball back. And then the Giants put together the game-tying drive with the field goal at the end of regulation. Okay, They had the interception by Bradbury. They need to pressure the quarterback more, though. Zero sacks and one tackle for loss all game. That's putrid. Now, I, I won't knock them too much because the Giants won the game and they only allowed 21 points and they kept Jameis Winston in check and they did force a turnover and they did make the big stop at the end of the game at the um, towards the end of regulation that set up the Giants game tying drive and game tying field goal. I won't knock them too much, but you got to pressure the quarterback more, man. I mean, Jameis Winston did not turn the ball over, but Jameis Winston has the capability of being a turnover machine. We saw that guy throw 30 picks one season. And I'm not one of those guys that likes to write Jameis off because of one stat in one year, but it still happened. 30 picks in 2019. The Giants needed to pressure Jameis Winston to force him to make more mistakes than he did. And they did it. So that needs to be cleaned up. They got they have the guys to do it. Ojolari's talented. Lorenzo Carter can rush the passer. So can O'Shane Zimenez. You know, get Carter Coughlin involved. Get Tay Crowder involved up the middle. Leonard Williams, obviously, you're paying $63 million over three years. Use these guys. You have bodies. Use them. I don't know why they don't. I don't know why they stay. I, I, maybe Graham doesn't trust the secondary, so he needs linebackers and cover. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I, in my opinion, you got to rush the pass for more. It's a passing league, and you can't give these quarterbacks, these professional quarterbacks, who are making millions of dollars for a reason, time in the pocket and time to operate. Because they will kill you. Guys like Jameis will have their way with you if you give them time. So, 
that 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 needs to uh, that needs to change. They got to rush the passer. But I won't knock the defense uh, too much just because they did win the game. They only allowed twenty one points and they made the big stop. That's what mattered. They made the big stop at the end. Uh, so the state of this podcast moving forward going to be the same thing. I wonder if I scared you a little bit. Maybe that sounded a little too serious when I said it. I said as as, as I as soon as I said those words, like the state of this podcast moving forward, it's kind of sounded to me like I was about to give bad news. But no, what we're going to do this week is Wednesday, obviously best bets for week five coming up already week five. It's already October, what, 4th? Flies. Once the season starts, it flies. It really does. So best bets for week five coming later this week, Wednesday. We usually do that ahead of the Thursday night game. And then I will do a preview of the big Giants-Cowboys week five matchup, which takes place this Sunday at 425 p.m. Eastern time in Dallas. Let me guess, it's going to be Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and America's game of the week, despite the fact the Giants are only one and three. Um, it, Giants got to win that game because here's the thing. They got the Rams coming up after. They got the Panthers. And then they got Chiefs, Raiders, Bucks. I mean, that's a gauntlet of a schedule. That's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, especially the Chiefs, Raiders, Bucks. Not to mention the Rams are, you know, obviously one of the best teams in the league right now, despite the fact they lost to the Cardinals yesterday. Panthers are 3-1. and one. Just got beat by Dallas by 8. Giants got to put together another one this Sunday. And we'll preview that. This Friday, which I believe is the 8th. So, until then, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 87 of the Wider Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey ESNY. That's at Ryan Honey ESNY. Listen to and subscribe to the Wider Eye Podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. And, uh, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs>